Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. I'm Frankie, alongside with Nick, who you'll hear from a little bit later. But before we get into this episode, we want to let you know about our sponsor, Customized Sports. Customized Sports offers high-quality tackle tool jersey kits featuring the name bar and the numbers, and which you can get for any blank jersey that you own. For more information about Customized Sports, please visit them on their website, www.customizedsports.com, or on their Reddit or eBay page at customized-sports. As well, at checkout, use code PROSPECT10 for your 10% discount. Thank you to Customized Sports for sponsoring us. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of the Hockey Prospect Report. I'm Nick here with Frankie, and the biggest story of today, hockey is back, Frankie. Hey! Hockey is back. For the first time since Hockey Prospect Report has been born, we have hockey. We're watching hockey, live NHL hockey, man. And it's it's an exciting start. And the playoffs haven't started. It's just the qualifiers. Happy qualifying season. Man, disappointing first game for my Rangers, I have to say. You know what, Nick? Before you talk about how terrible your Rangers played, I want to quickly point out, just in case you guys want to know how quickly these episodes are turned around and sent out, uh, we're watching Canucks uh, Wild right now. Uh, it's yep. currently 11.05 p.m. And episode comes out at 8 a.m. on Monday when you're listening to this. So, yeah. So, if we if we drop a little bit of uh, Canucks Wild happenings in there, that's why. Yeah, I'm, I'm just super stoked, man, to see hockey back. And just to see the NHL has done an excellent job getting back to playing. The Hub City idea is is so far working beautifully playing at Edmonton and Toronto did you get a sneak pick peek at a, a was I think I was watching the Ranger game when I saw it they showed like life inside the bubble have you seen this like the hotels uh, I have not I mean you can find like snippets on TikTok while that is still a thing for now um but I have I've personally been like super busy lately so it's been just watching games constantly whenever I possibly can and I got to say, Nick, I'm enjoying it. The the hotels and the experience that players have just in a hotel is like 10 stars out of five. Now, I'm sure they'd rather be going out doing stuff, going to you know dinner and all that. But they have like every possible game imaginable. They have this high-tech golfing simulator in most hotels. And I don't know. They just have so much to do there. It's It's incredible how much they have right at their hands. It's really kind of like peewee hockey esque, though, eh? Like it's it's super fun. Like it, it has to be fun for the players because, I mean, as much as you'd rather be at home, you're in a hotel with all of your teammates, all your buddies. There's a bunch of other teams running around the hotel. I heard that somebody brought mini sticks. I no I kidding. don't know I don't know who it was, but somebody did bring mini mini sticks to a hotel in Toronto. Um, That's great. hopefully, hopefully they go bang on Brad Marchand's door all night long. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it has to be fun. Like, I don't know. There's just something about like minor hockey tournaments when you go and the amount of fun that you have with your own team and then trying to piss off the other teams. That was fun. And then there's, there was a picture that I saw the other day of, one of the games in Toronto, one of the teams that was supposed to be playing after came out into the players' tunnel 
in the corner and was watching the game from right beside the glass. Like those are the things that happen at your, your peewee tournaments that doesn't happen in the NHL that I, I don't know. I feel like these players are going back to their peewee days and you know, they get to have a little bit of fun. It's that, it's that, uh, I, yeah, that's perfect. It's a perfect analogy. Like those, those tournaments that you have on the weekends where you're, you know, you'll have a game in the morning and then you ha- you're, you're there just pretty much all day waiting to play the next game and you're just watching all the games there. It's exactly what it's like. But first impressions that I, I think the biggest concern for a lot of people watching these games was there's not going to be any fans. Is it going to be the same? I, I personally don't see any difference. I think it's just as exciting. Now, of course, it's better with fans, but the presentation package that the NHL's got going on, it's pretty spot on. I think they've done a good job. It's the best, you know, they made the best of what they got. Nick, I think we got to – if you guys were around for our top shelf days, you know that we like to make fun of EA Sports NHL. Uh, we did that a little bit when we were talking about our eSports and everything, what feels like eight weeks ago now. Um. Probably more than that, actually. Oh, yeah. But I think we owe NHL and EA Sports a little bit of an apology because apparently this crowd noise sounds realistic enough to make it feel like a real hockey game. So good work there. Yep. Um, yep. The, honestly, like, I'm watching these games, and it reminds me, like, weirdly of an outdoor game. You know, when you watch an outdoor game, you don't see any fans. You, you hear them but you don't see them ever. And with the seats tarped off in the front like they are, uh, I'm watching and I'm like, you know, this, this this feels like an outdoor game. I feel like the fans are still there when I'm just watching the game because I can, I can hear fans. So the viewing experience itself is pretty good. Um, when Sidney Crosby scored uh, a couple nights ago to – uh, bring the pens within one, you heard Sidney Crosby yell. And I, I think that was kind of cool, too, to see those reactions. But, man, th- the the presentation package has been absolutely nailed for these. Well, and it's – I don't like what the MLB is doing. I just want to – I got to talk about it really quick to compare is the cardboard cutouts are so distracting in the MLB, what they Only got Only some teams on. are doing that. That's just – some teams right right but i like the universal look that the nhl has hence why hub cities for another reason works you know just for the presentation aspect i mean beside the whole tarped off seats you know that makes it kind of more focused on the ice but even above all of that they have a lot of different graphic yeah. work going on which really looks good i don't know if you saw that yeah i don't i don't know nick like for me too, one of the one of the things that actually is kind of adding to my enjoyment is goal horns for both teams. Yep. I like I don't know what it is about this, but this whole setup, I'm truly enjoying it. And it's so unique. And there's probably a zero percent chance that any of us are gonna see this again in our lifetime with arenas empty with no fans at a neutral site like this. So I'm going to enjoy this because honestly, the way that this has been executed has been really good. It's really cool. And on top of that, the players are playing playoff hockey in game number one of the qualifying round. I can only imagine just how intense this hockey is going to get come cup time. 
Uh, yeah, and we saw that first game of the qualifiers was the Rangers and the Hurricanes. That was the first game of this qualifying round, and you were watching it with me. Like the first couple minutes of the game, we're seeing Brady oh. Shea absolutely level Jesper Fast. No matter fight. I mean, there and we had a fight with Ryan Strom and Williams. There, there was no love loss. They they were going at it at each other already, and. Like, the passion is 100% there. That's playoff hockey. You you want to tell me that this doesn't mean the world to Justin Williams? That guy, right. we're, we're talking about a guy who didn't know if he wanted to play hockey at the start of the year, get into a fight in game number one of a qualifying round with no fans in the stands. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to think that I was stupid for questioning if the intensity would be there because – Hockey is a violent sport, as we both know. And when, when kids are playing minor hockey with nobody in the fan in the crowd, you still want to punch somebody in the face sometimes. So I, I think hockey lends itself perfectly to this atmosphere. I think it's really cool. And, uh, yeah, compared to, to baseball and soccer, and even, even the basketball atmosphere feels wrong. Uh, hockey, I don't know. Like, I, I could see – hockey being played in this environment once a year for some kind of tournament and it would it would feel right and hats off to the ice crew i saw something where normally they have let's say a hockey game is being played in the afternoon they got a basketball game at night it'll probably take them three hours to prepare the ice or something for the next team coming in or prepare the court whatever it may case may be and they're doing three hours worth of work in one hour in between these games now is that insane pretty wild yeah i'm that the ice is the my only concern with this thing i know long run i think the bubble has been set up perfectly it doesn't seem like there's any leaks so far players are complying uh i've heard that players are even like teams are getting together to eat in the same dining rooms now which is good that means they have no fears that there's any covid inside of the bubble my only, the only thing that could possibly make this thing go wrong right now as it stands is poor ice conditions. Yeah, we're going to see that in a month. That's what we're going to – Oh, my God, yeah. Seeing what's going to happen. There's no – like cause... humidity was 75% in Toronto the other day. There's no way you can play three games a day on that ice without having world-class maintenance on that thing because it's going to take a beating. And it's not only the heat, but a combination with just wear and tear. I mean, yep. this is like yep. an immense amount of game time on this ice. I mean, and like you see at your local rink, the ice is terrible most of the time. And, um, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I'm interested to see if any players or anyone says anything on it. I'm, I doubt they will, but we'll see. You know what? Honestly, I think the players have been so cooperative throughout this whole thing. And the league has been very cooperative with the players. I'm, I'm stunned, to be frank with you, that this is what they've put together. This was no easy task to put this thing together. And I, I don't know. As I sit here watching this game, this uh, wild Canucks game tonight, I'm, I'm still in awe that this is what the league has been able to do. And Nick, I know as many, as many people, people hate Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman is the best thing to ever happen to hockey. 
hundred percent. I loved, I saw an interview, he was on NBC sports and you know, they had league personnel himself and the players, they all had meeting, multiple meetings about the best way to go about doing this. The players all said they wanted best of seven series. They wanted it to feel like the playoffs and, and they made it work. And I, <laughs> this, I just love him for his character too. He even said when they go to present the Stanley cup, they're looking into feeding in artificial booze into the stadium when he comes out to present it. I hope they do. Cause I, I think that's something that would actually bring Gary Bettman some, some praise because if, if he's able to take that situation, something that he gets made fun of for and turn it against the people who boo him, like we're set. I don't know. Like, you want to talk about good commissioners? The two leagues that have gotten themselves back to a position where they can restart everything, excluding the MLS, is hockey and basketball. Yep. And talk about, like, a whole CBA agreement. That's another thing that was an issue during this whole time is obviously payment. The MLB had a lot of issues with that. and Still you know, do. They still do. Still do. And the NHL, they were seeing it online as they were just connecting on all cylinders. They were they were getting it done. <laughs> so we managed to get hockey back with not too many issues. Everyone was worried about the water damage in Edmonton prior to starting. No, but uh, that just disappeared. I, I'm not too sure how that worked. <laughs> Did you see videos? I'm, I'm surprised they got that all. Dude, uh, that, that's, that arena was literally halfway underwater. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it was gone. I was don't incredible. get it. Incredible. I don't get it. Half of the arena wall was like ripped down. I, <laughs> I, I kind of forgot that that water damage happened and then everybody showed up in the bubble and it was completely fine. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how damage just disappears like that, that fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, great job to the crew for getting it done and fixed up. So kind of shifting gears. We have a couple things we want to talk about, but before we get into our main focus of today, which is the AHL season getting pushed back, we'll get into that later. Watching these qualifiers is starting to make me realize just how real this whole new draft lottery format is. Yeah. Of any of these teams could be getting Lafreniere. Yeah. Which is ridiculous to think about that a team that is so, a team that, that, has no business getting Lafreniere based on their standings can end up getting him. You know what? And it's, it's crazy too, because the days, the two days that we've had hockey so far, it's been the underdog teams that have been winning. The two 12 seeds have both won. They're both up one, nothing. Both Montreal and Chicago won their games. Um, Arizona beat Nashville today. Or yesterday, as this came, as this episode is out on Monday, um, as we sit right now while we were recording this, uh, Minnesota is beating Vancouver one nothing. Who knows if that stands or not? But underdog teams have been winning. Whether that maintains to be true, we don't know yet. But at, at this rate, like if these series end the way that they have started so far. Uh, we will see the likes of Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Nashville, all looking to get the number one pick. How scary is that? And and then with the whole Crosby comparison, it's pretty crazy that to know Lafreniere could 
you know, not only be in the same Q team as Crosby and then go and get drafted by number one by the Penguins. Either way, there are some teams that are absolutely loaded to begin with, and then you add on Lafreniere to that. Yeah. This is uh, it's almost a win-win. For if you, I mean, if you lose, you just have a good shot at Lafreniere. If you don't get number one, then See, I, I think if you're a team like Montreal or Chicago you almost want to lose this series if you're management, if you're players, obviously you want to win. Um, but people keep asking me why I want Montreal to lose, even though they're my favorite team. Uh, but the answer is it's really simple. If they lose, they pick either number one or number nine. Those are good odds. No matter what, exactly. With how deep this draft is nine. With you're what we've been talking player. about, number nine could be uh, Alexander Holtz. It, it could be Jack Quinn. You know, the, is there a situation where that could be a guy like Marco Rossi? I, I think there's a potential that that is a, the, a case, that, that you could see that happen. So that's why I want Montreal to lose, even though I'm a Habs fan. Um, if you're one of the other, you know, big teams, obviously if you're Pittsburgh, you want to win. If you're Toronto, you want to win. Sorry, Toronto was the other upset. Toronto lost to Columbus. Yep. Tonight, as we record this. So there you go. You can add them to the mix, too. There's just a lot of different upset stories right now starting this playoffs. Things could obviously change where they come back. Um, but there's a lot of teams, I'm sure, in the back of their mind, at least on the management side, is weighing out that. You know, if we lose, okay, we got a shot at Lafreniere, which is a joke in itself, if you ask me. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Me personally, as a Rangers fan, as much as I would love to have Lafreniere, I'm all in. I want the Rangers to go all the way. I want them to get it done. I don't care if they pick first overall or 30th overall. I'd rather than pick 32nd, if you ask me. Or 31st, excuse me. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Seattle's yeah, you want? Yet. Well, if they're picking uh, 32nd, I, that's a pretty good second-round pick there, my guy. That's true. Well, this means they have Lafreniere. So. <laughs> or does it? <laughs> Or does it? This is true. This it, is might true. it might not. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, with, with what we've seen so far, people thought the Penguins were going to run away with this series. And I, I said from the beginning, the Habs match up well with the Penguins. They have more speed than the Penguins. They can be dangerous. Um, and if Yasperi Kotkaniemi and Nick Suzuki continue to be as good as they are, or they were in game one, I'm I'm kind of scared the Habs are going to win that series. If Jonathan Drouin can stop being it, if if Drouin can stop sitting in the penalty box, um, I I don't know how Montreal loses the series. Assuming well, those three things continue and Carey Price continues to be a brick wall, I've never heard a fan say I'm scared for my team to win this series. Well, this is a different situation because <laughs> I don't want Montreal to win the cup this this way. Right, as much as I would love to, okay, have, okay, I, you were telling me about this the other day, right? Yeah, okay. yes, as much as I would love Montreal to have the Stanley Cup, I don't think it should be it, it, they should win it this way. They didn't deserve to be in this playoffs. This doesn't mean that I won't celebrate if they win, but I don't know. For, for me, would I rather my first Habs Cup win in my lifetime be in a year where they went? 500 barely and somehow by the the grace of covid win the cup or would i rather them 
have a chance to draft Alexis Lafreniere, build a franchise around him, supplement it with players like Jonathan Drouin, Max Domi, Nick Suzuki, Asperi Kotkaniemi, uh, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, Victor Mete. Like, would I rather see that team come out, actually deserve a playoff spot, and, and win a cup fairly? And I, I think my answer is that. And this is a team that has no business being here, if we're being exactly. honest. Exactly. You know, they're tw- they're twenty fourth in the league, right? I think they were the last team to make the qualifying round. Yeah. Or is that Chicago? No, they were the very last team. Yeah. So this is a team. There was what ten games or so left um, in the regular season when we, you know, hit the the pause. Th- there's no way they're coming back and making a playoff spot. There's, the there's only, just no way. The only way they could have made it is if they won out, and then like every other team that was above them lost out, I think is the, the scenario. And even if that ha- even if they won out, they still had like less than like a 20% chance to make it. Right. So they have no business making it. You know, the teams that are, you know, right around that playoff bubble at the time we paused, obviously are still deserving of this shot, I feel. But um, yeah, I can understand that as a Habs fan, even as management where you would like to, to have that cornerstone piece to build around because yeah. he could be a good fit in Montreal. I could see him there. For I mean, even at number nine, if you end up with a guy like Alexander Holtz, you still got a pretty good player. Yeah. Still, still a good day at the office. You're still getting a really good player who has a shot at being, I mean, superstar potential potentially. So, um, but I think it's time we uh, shift gears, but before we shift gears to our main headline, Frankie, it's time to shout out our sponsor over at Customized Sports. It is. It indeed they, is. They've been with us for a long time now. Been loyal to us. They've been uh, handing out these jersey kits to us. They've been and, um, giving us some good stuff. So anyways, if you're new here, Customized Sports, they make these custom tackle twill jersey kits where they'll send you numbers and name, whatever you want. You want to you wanna Artemi Panarin? MVP finalist, mind you. You want Artemi Panarin jersey? You let them know. You send a picture of what you want. You got a Blue Rangers jersey? They'll send you the numbers for the Blue Rangers jersey and the name bar, and you put it on yourself. You can heat press it. You can stitch it on. You can iron it on. Whatever you want to do. And it's good quality, too. Yeah, they rival the real deal, to be honest with you. Like, if, uh, if I put my two jerseys together, you know, and you stand back, you're not going to notice much of a difference. No, uh, it's incredible quality, especially with, you know, I love putting the CCM jerseys together with the junior stuff. Mm, you do too. We've, we've been doing. Oh, quick lights. I don't have a quick light jersey yet. I got to get a quick light. Mm. I, I've seen them. I've seen them in person. They're beautiful. I might just cave and buy one. I have to. Quick lights are pretty nice, you know. Quick lights are pretty nice. So, so Frankie, I ask you this. Where do we find them? Where can I was prepared this them? time. Uh, you can find them on their website, customizedsports.com. Sorry, I almost shouted out my uh, own CFL blog by accident. Um, <laughs> or you can find them on Reddit or eBay at customized-sports. And when you go to check out, use code PROSPECT10 for your 10% discount. There you guys have it. PROSPECT10. Go check them out. So we're at our main headline for the day. Aside from hockey's back, we're excited hockey's back, but we got some business we got to discuss that's really going to 
shake things up for some of these prospects. And the AHL announced that the season's going to be pushed back to December 4th start date. That yeah. is that is a, a, a bigger factor, or that's going to have a bigger impact on a lot of junior players and the teams and the NHL teams than people think. Because normally yeah. – go ahead. People, people are going to question why it's a big deal. Right, like this is this is something. If you follow junior hockey at all, you will understand why this is a big deal. And simply put, this could affect where people are playing next year, specifically overagers for for junior hockey. Um. Just from the 67s, for example, you've got guys like Kevin Ball who played for the Canadian junior team. You've got uh, Mitch Holscher that is also going to be an overager that in all likelihood would have been in uh, Ottawa next year, but there was a chance that he could have ended up in Binghamton as an overager. But, you know, if the CHL starts and if the NCAA start on time, I think we might actually see some of these players that are good enough to play in the American League go back to their junior teams for their overage season. And, and the AHL is a crucial factor for NHL teams to develop players. That is so important for them to have. It's, it's yeah, I, I can't put it any more simple than that. So, um, I think you're you're going to see players like you said ended up saying another year in junior who you know may have had a shot at making an NHL roster this year should they, or I should say an NHL roster um that they're going to be spent another year in junior which maybe not be a bad thing for all players but at the same time I think it's a bad thing sometimes for players to you know be in that market for too long you know, you, you, if you've learned all you have in the juniors, you want to start stepping up your game and be in a more professional environment, learning that in the AHL, I think that's important to have. So um, I think it'll be interesting for certain players to see how they handle that, if they can adjust to that well. That's why I'm, I'm almost thinking that we're going to see a negotiation between the NHL and the Canadian Hockey League coming very soon because – the current agreement has them any player that is not playing in the NHL under the age of 20 has to be playing for their junior organization. They can't send a 16 year old, or they, they can't send an 18 year old right to the American league. Right. Um, they, that agreement also states that if you have an overage player that is sent back down, or any player for that matter, that is sent back down to their CHL club at any point during the season cannot be called back up other than an emergency circumstance, which occasionally you'll see with goalies. Um, I think we're going to get a short-term amendment to that agreement that is going to allow teams to take, for example, New Jersey puts Kevin Ball back in Ottawa for uh, the beginning of the season that – could possibly start in the beginning of October if the current uh, plans of the QMJHL are consistent across the CHL. Um, but I, I think that agreement will say that if New Jersey wants to put Kevin Ball back in Ottawa for 
the beginning of his overage season. They have until December 1st to bring him up. And then anytime after that, if they want him back in juniors, that's it. So I think we will have some agreement in place that will allow these young players to play their the regular start date of their season without being completely impacted by this uh, delayed start by the American League and the NHL for that matter. And it's pretty straightforward when it comes to the European guys that draft out of you know, Europe or Russia, whatever the case may be. They, yeah, they, they don't yeah. have these back and forth rules like they do for, for junior hockey. Right. It's simple loan rules. You know, you, you can loan them to Europe if they want to go back and play in Russia, wherever they came from. And if you want to call them back over the NHL, North America, then there's hardly any hoops to jump through for that. Um, this, this also begs the question, though. So let's say, I don't know, for example, Minnesota ends up picking number one. And they know for a fact that they aren't going to be competitive next year. And they, they let Lafreniere stay down in junior for the year. Is there, like, is there a chance that Alexi Lafreniere doesn't get signed before the beginning of next season, do you think? No. I, I think a team is going to give him an offer and then, well. Because you've got the three years before they become a free. Like, I think there might be a legitimate chance that somebody sees next year as a 41 or a 42-game season and says, what's the point of signing him? I'd rather him go play 68 in, in the juniors. Sure, it's against competition that he's way better than, but I'll still have three years of, of control on him, and he'll be one year closer to his prime when – you know, I'll still have control of him until he's, what, 22? As opposed to him being 21 when you lose control? From a financial standpoint, maybe there's a chance that can happen. But I think if you're talking player development, I think it's important to get him in the NHL as soon as possible. Or your other option is see if you can't get him to Europe for a year. Because if I'm going to be honest with you, right, if, if, I'm, in, if I'm in this boots of Minnesota, let's stick with that example. If I have a chance to get Alexi Lafreniere and if he doesn't play for me in that first year, in a year that's probably a wash for me anyway, and is a shortened season where he won't get the same playing experience as a normal season, I don't really want him on my roster. Right? I, I want him on my roster, but I think it'd be better if he could go to Europe or you know somewhere else and come back and still have three full years of a rookie deal. I don't know. I could see this shortened season almost as an advantage for teams like Minnesota and rebuilding teams because this can also bring up a, a strategy. Maybe teams will – I think we're, we could actually see prospects who, on a regular season, normal circumstances, who maybe not have made the roster then, might make the roster this time around because they might use this season as a way to – grow all of their young prospects together and start forming a core. So it might not be a bad idea. Let's say you're Minnesota getting Lafreniere. You haven't played that first year as well as some other prospects who in normal circumstances may not have gotten the chance to play. I, I think now that I, I think about it a little bit more, that was kind of a off the top of the head kind of question that I was asking. I didn't really have my own answer prepared. Um, but I think what will, what will end up happening is whoever drafts Lafreniere is going to sign him 
and then let's say that rule that I was talking about earlier gets implemented where they can send them down to the juniors before the season starts and then bring them back up anytime before December 1st. I think he'll start the year in Ramuski if something like that is in fact the case. What will happen from there is they'll bring him up before December 1st sometime. He'll play his uh, nine trial games in the NHL. And I think depending on where whoever drafts him is at that point. If they're like 0-9, I think he goes back to junior. I think think at that point it's better in a 40-game season if you were terrible in the first nine games. I think it's better to save that year for Lafreniere to be completely honest with you. That's fair. Um, I, yeah, playing on a better team or at least a you know, team that's maybe more gelled than an 0-9 team to start is important for a player. You don't want to have a great player like that step into a team of dysfunction who can't win. Um, not to say that 0-9 means you're, you're screwed. But, but in a 40-game um, season, your, your chances of coming back from starting – the right. season poorly are so slim. Like if you start an 82 game season, like Owen five or whatever, you were automatically right away behind the eight ball and you're going to have a hard time getting out of it. Right. But, and I think with this situation too, with um, this whole new format, this also depends on who has first overall, because we could see a team who's loaded on offense. Take the Rangers, for example, who, Let's say they, they lose to Carolina and they end up getting first overall. They're loaded on offense. Yeah, they could act, absolutely add in more pieces. But, you know, if you have a team that's loaded that picks him, do you think there's a better chance at seeing him maybe in the juniors? Or, you know, maybe not the Rangers specifically. I could see him starting with them right away. But, you know, do, if it's a better team, do you see him a better chance starting in the juniors? Or do you think that's a better chance of being in the NHL? No, if the team's good, I think there's a better chance of him being in the NHL. See, like, my my whole thing, if I have a potentially generational talent, I want that talent long-term. As much as, it, you know, it's, it's just one year and you still have RFA time for him, I, I would rather have his three – year uh, ELC be with a good team as opposed to, you know, my crappy rebuild quick turnaround after the playoffs, you know, team in a 40 game season. I just, I, I just feel like it's, if, if you don't really start out of the gates, well, it, you know, if you're a team like Minnesota that wouldn't be in the playoffs, if this, format wasn't happening the way it is. I I just don't really want him on the roster yet. There, there's just so many things that uh, I'm not I, – I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain myself because my thought process is complicated. No, I get it. Um, I think also with this, this – under these circumstances that we're going to see some prospects shine a lot earlier than normal. I think with all of these good teams that, you know, not with just, not just with the Frenier, but good teams who managed to get good first round prospects. 
I think you might start seeing them a little early. You could start seeing them cracking roster spots earlier than usual. Even players who they drafted last year who maybe not be ready under normal circumstances, they might give them a shot just because of the shortened season. They might take advantage of it to just take a year and grow, you know, and groom the whole team together. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting situation, and I'm kind of happy that I'm not the one that has to make the call on this because especially in that situation, it's tough. Like I said, I wouldn't waste a year of Lafreniere's contract if in his first nine trial games um, things aren't going great for the team, especially in that 40-game season because if you suck, you get another first overall pick. Now we're talking. Now we're cooking with gas. Um, but I mean the the whole reason that we brought up this topic was mostly because I was I'm really curious to see what happens with the OAs and what that means for junior hockey because forever we have been used to the best 19 year olds always go to the American League this this could completely change how the CHL looks next year because if Ottawa is able to return Kevin Ball and Mitchell Holscher, um, things might might change. Like, really quickly, things can change. So, basically, we could start seeing guys in the River Age season get an extra year, basically. Is that what you think? No, no, no. Okay. So, what this affects is – so, right now, we're talking about the players that are born in 2000. The players that were born in 1999, which were last season's overagers, they're done. There's no extra year. Realistically, all it is is this year the best 2,000 players in the 2019-20 season would be going to the American League. Um, that makes things a lot harder for teams, though, because you are used to just knowing that your best 19-year-old will not be back with you next year. They will be gone to the American League or the NHL. Um, but if those players come back, uh, like you're, you're looking at guys like Nick Robertson, Kevin Ball, that could be coming back that could completely shake up what the, the CHL looks like next year. And if the, those 19 year olds from last year are coming back as 20 year olds, it could make for one of the most entertaining Memorial cups in history to me. Is there a chance that you could see the CHL or CHL teams, whoever is deciding on this, just say, no way, we don't want to change anything and not allow them to return? No, I don't think so, because it would benefit the CHL to have those players back. True, true. Um, now, another alternative, though, that we could maybe see, do you think we could see an expanded roster size in the NHL for this year only? Not not if COVID is not an issue. Well, for this season only, though. If if COVID is still an issue come the start of the season in December, I could see it. But the, the question still remains, how many of these 19-year-olds that are now 20 would be there? I mean, there's a couple. Like uh, Nick Robertson is the one in Toronto that I blanked on a couple of weeks ago, but he's there. So you might see a couple of them. But overwhelmingly, I think the 19-year-olds that were good last year will be, would have been going to the AHL, probably be back in the O or the Q or the Dub or whatever. 
I think talking AHL terms and because we've talked about how this is going to affect junior teams and NHL teams as well. This is going to be a huge detriment to AHL teams themselves because NHL teams rely on them to grow prospects. And when you have a good AHL team, then your prospects grow better. They develop better and they have a better understanding and a sense to win. But I mean, me personally, I see AHL teams as almost fragmented at the start of every single year. I just think it's a yeah. tough roster to put together um, because you have the older veterans who uh, are career AHLers, which isn't a bad thing. And then you have the NHL team sending young guys back and forth between the NHL and AHL. And I think this late start is – going to be so hard for them to put a roster together because I'm sure we're going to see some older veterans that teams rely on in the AHL. Maybe hang it up. I can very well see that happening. Yeah, I, I don't know because compared to the NHL, it won't be a late start. They're going to start around the same time, it looks like. Um, versus the, o, or the, the CHL and NCAA, not the same time. So that's that's why I was asking those questions about uh, the CHL and the NCAA and everything. But, yeah, I don't know. The American League system is going to be a little bit more interesting too. And I would wonder, considering they don't have the same cash the NHL would, I wonder if they're going to play divisional games only. Or, like, if, if, if COVID is still an issue, I think that could be a, a – serious option for them yeah this is possible i don't i don't know how that's going to work too that's um that's an interesting take i have a feeling they will they already kind of play mostly divisional games now um i mean they'll play and end up playing teams in their division like six or seven times in a year yeah so i have a feeling they'll probably go that course and just expand on that um but yeah, th- like you said with NCAA too, that's a whole nother, you know, issue that, that comes up, which is not associated with the NHL really, you know, directly, but um, I feel for the, the college students, man, trying to go for the, the NHL that this is going to, this is a big blow for them with a lot of, you know, um, sports programs being adjusted. Yeah. Now, as far as the Canadian Hockey League getting started next year, one of the biggest hurdles, because if you've been following Canadian sports as of late, you know that the Toronto Blue Jays were kicked out of Toronto because they can't have American teams crossing over the Canadian border to come play and then, you know, back and forth, that kind of thing. Uh, that means the biggest problem for the CHL is going to be getting its eight American teams into a place where they can actually play their season. Which, I wonder if they'll just have them set up shop at a hotel nearby one of the, like they'll have to maybe work out something with other CHL teams. I could see them sharing home arenas. No. You, you could see that I think, but I think there's also enough cities that have, you know, ranks that could be used that you could probably set up in other places. Um, the other option the CHL has that I really don't think they want to use, you could theoretically just kick the American teams out. 
Yikes. And what – okay, so it sounds really bad, right? It does. What I would propose, if that becomes your only option to play a season, um, they have a dispersal draft. Every single one of the players on all of those teams is dispersed on one-year loan contracts, meaning that player is drafted to play for that team cannot be traded for the entire season um, and goes back to the team that they were picked from at the end of the year. So that way those players would at least still get to play. Unfortunately, there would still be 60 something roster spots that are gone from the OHL. And there'd be a lot, you know, more than that from the W because I believe the W has five American teams. Um, so certainly not ideal, but that's also an option. I don't know. I think there's plenty of ranks that are probably serviceable for CHL. Part of the issue is them, them getting the money to be able to do that. Like if, if the government doesn't help out, there's no chance they can afford to put themselves up in a hotel for, you know, all that time. The other thing that's actually been discussed is the American teams playing amongst themselves like until they're allowed to come across the border, which you want to talk about the OHL? Imagine playing the same two teams for 30 games. Well, I mean, it's very well possible that they do that. It's the eight teams play against each other, which isn't a terrible thing. Well, no, it, 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 work, it wouldn't be but... eight teams. It would it'd be the three in the OHL and the five in the WHL. Uh, oh, so it's eight. Oh, wow. I was thinking eight in the OHS. No, That's a high number. It's eight of the 60. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's a, be that, rough. That's, be rough. that is a huge deterrent for players. That, that is not going to be good for development. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if we can get back to hockey, especially them, then I'm sure they'll take what they can get. But uh, I think – all the leagues have a lot more hurdles to jump through. I mean, the NHL's got enough in itself, but I think um, those junior leagues, even the AHL, is probably in a tighter spot just because of money. Yeah. At the end of the day, money is going to be the biggest issue right now. Yeah. It's tough. Teams are in uh, in tough. Uh, it's going to be interesting because, you know, there's been asks for government help, and it's – we're not sure if they're going to get it or not. Uh, I'm hoping they do because, as you know, I'm a big junior hockey guy. So don't screw me over, Justin Trudeau. You already did that to me once with the uh, one of my favorite leagues. So thanks, boss. Okay. We won't get political, huh? <laughs> um, but, no, if this is um, going to be some some crazy stories we're going to see with, with money and um, – you know, what leagues you're going to be doing, but we will definitely be keeping everyone updated. We'll be talking about it left and right. If it comes up, other than that, we're going to stick at the prospects next week. We're going to be back on our normal routine. I think we'll be talking about prospects again. Maybe, maybe we got maybe. something in the works, but we'll we, won't, on something. we won't, we won't, we won't spoil it yet, but it's still prospect related. Um, Trust me. You want to, you want to be here for it. You definitely do. So with that, we're going to wrap it up for today. Frankie, 
got anything you want to you want to shout out before we go nope i want to go to bed you want to go to bed me too but really bad, actually. before we go to bed don't forget everyone we are on facebook and twitter facebook for hpr shoot i'm getting it mixed up again frankie facebook is hpr podcast twitter is yep. hpr underscore podcast yeah yes, sir i get it mixed up all the time sorry guys so be sure to message us if you guys want to hear certain players talked about we'll be sure to give an analysis on them and give you our thoughts on them um, we are doing the team suggestions too if you want to hear an in-depth analysis on an nhl squad and who they have on the roster who can make it when and where we'll be happy to do that too so with that, I think it's about time to see you next time. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. Before we let you go, we want to once again remind you about our sponsor, Customized Sports. If you've forgotten, they offer high-quality tackle tool jersey kits featuring the name bar and the numbers that give a professional look to your, your blank jersey. For more information about Customized Sports, visit them online at www.customizedsports.com or on their Reddit or eBay page at Customize-Sports. Be sure to use code PROSPECT10 at checkout for your 10% discount, and check out our Twitter giveaway that we're currently running. It's the pinned tweet on our Twitter. Thank you again for them sponsoring us.